Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the alchemy of you and me. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. On today's episode, shadow work, witches in the news, and a spell for doling out rejection. Mean you're like giving it out? Yeah, you're fucking giving out rejection. Just like, no. 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 No to that. No over there. Don't like that. Not about that. I'm not responsible for your feelings. Oh, I like that. Ooh, baby witches, get ready. Alicia uh, had gifted me, unprompted. Unprompted. A book. It's here. It's in my hand. Can you guys see it? Look at that. Isn't that nice? You like that? Well, we don't have to talk about it anymore. No, I'm Part, kidding. I mean, she hasn't read it yet. What's there to talk about? It's a, it's Trixie and Katya's fucking book. Yay. And it's the Guidehood to Modern Womanhood. And I've been wanting it for a really long time. And I was actually going to buy it for Alicia. And then she fucking beat me to the punch like she always does. Teehee. <laughs> I bought two, one for her and one for me. So we don't have to share. So we don't have to share. And so you're not getting like a secondhand book or anything. Yeah, with all your I terms. thought that was, yeah, like very considerate. Because, you know, I read while I'm on the toilet. And <laughs> we've talked about this. I'm not like using the hand to do, you know, I right. read before I wipe. Mm-hmm. Well, the reading is there to facilitate the relaxing of. Um, the bowel movements. Yeah. yeah. It kind of does help, though, especially when you're like. At a very exciting point, and it all comes tumbling out of you. <laughs> it all comes tumbling down. And then you just have, you know, you got to flush because you don't want it to get smelly. Yeah. And then you can just kind of finish up the chapter and then be like, mm, should I be at work? <laughs> I want to go back. Are you a courtesy flusher? I am for me. Also, actually, I am due to our current toilet. It does not like when you just stuff it full of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it really enjoys, like, a very few relaxing flushes and I never used to be a courtesy flusher I didn't even know that was the term that's delightful honestly you're welcome but I always thought it was like in high school like awkward or weird if I don't know if anyone could hear you flush multiple times yeah because then it's like okay no I'm not having the bad like toilet times it's just this is for you yeah but honestly so many people's toilets I've fucked up over the years if I had known or been taught that you it is okay and appropriate to flush multiple times to save the sewage system at your friend's parents' house. I probably would have been doing that for years. Yeah, they desperately need it. And then it like gets rid of the smell and everything. Like it's actually like the best thing ever. Maybe it's bad for your water bill to flush multiple times. That's but possible. It could be. We also, you know, um, I don't know if you experienced this whenever you went to go see, was it Lord in Sweden? Yes. Toilets in Europe? don't have that much water in the bottom to begin with. And I don't know what it is about Americans, but we need to shit in a birdbath to feel comfortable. That is true. And it's like, I remember like being in Italy when I was studying abroad and I was very concerned. I was like, there's not enough water in here. It's not going to... How I'm is gonna it going to move? <laughs> yeah, it's going to get stuck. Like a piece of fucking peanut butter stuck at the top of my mouth. Yep. And the, no amount of milk is going to get it out. Nothing. What do I do? I'm drunk and alone in Florence. Well, at that point, you can just, you know, if you're drunk and alone, you can kind of get away with anything. 
I flushed it off. Who knows? You know what we got to talk about, though? I just want to brag a little bit. Can oh. I do a humble brag? No, I mean, don't be humble about it. Tell me. Our Patreon is so fucking good. You know, I did the math the other day that we have, like, over nine hours of extra Patreon content. Oh, shit. That's just, like, new episodes, like, new ideas, like, new... It's it's so, like, wild to me. Yeah. That we started this, like, a little over a year ago. I loved our last episode about the Hope Diamonds. Like, yes. that shit is crazy, you it, guys. It's so insane. Fucking nuts. The Hope Diamond killed the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> it really it did. killed all of those people. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's just hanging out in the Smithsonian, like, cute as could be, waiting to be, like, robbed. Yeah. <laughs> like, at some point, we're going to hear, like, a bunch of witches have gone and, like, tried to rob the Smithsonian <laughs> to take the cursed necklace. I'd be so proud of you guys, not going to lie, but, like, please don't drag us into it. I can't <laughs> afford to bail myself out of jail. If you're part of the Patreon, you know. If you're not a part of the Patreon, Patreon witches are getting two extra episodes a month. Woo! And that's just at the $5 level. So, yes, like, every month you're paying $5 for two extra episodes, but you also get the whole back catalog. And on top of that, like, Alicia and I have a secret podcast called Pillow Talk that only is released on Patreon. I've been having dreams. Oh, no. I've been having repetitive but different dreams. So I, I have content the next time we go into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> question, question, though. Any ducks? No ducks. What the fuck? I've never had a dream about a duck. Ever the fucking like biggest cock tease it of witch lore ever it really is and the fact that people ask about it which is just so fucking funny <laughs> and i'm over here just feeling like i'm disappointing everyone like i'm not dreaming of ducks i don't even know if my dreamscape knows how to like mold a duck into being yeah, is it aware of ducks i don't know Ducks have never been too much of a problem for me to need to, like, clock them like that. True, true, true. Yeah, I mean, they're not a, a, a significantly tragic or traumatizing creature. Yeah, no. They just kind of hang out. Yeah. Very peaceful. Yeah. I'm slightly scared of them. Really? What about it? We would, like, feed ducks and geese and stuff, and then I would just get scared that they'd bite my little fingers. Oh, no. And they never did. I'm just a scaredy cat. But they could. They could. And that's not nice. <laughs> I can bite your finger right now. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> it's a trigger. It's a trigger for me. Ah, but speaking of triggers. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. What a beautiful segue. What, uh, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about shadow work. Oh, scarier or not scarier than you think? So far, not scarier. But I know you got a lot of other research that I have not yet looked through yet <laughs> so i'm excited to go on this journey as you guys know another perk of patreon is that they get to ask questions so they know like a week in advance what the episode is going to be and then they get to fucking filter all of their ask you questions to us i'm so ready i thought it was hilarious because the first question from patreon was shadow work what is this <laughs> and i was like ah good question patron I felt the exact same way. So unless you're a ghost, every person and animal has a shadow. Isn't this an amazing way to like get into it? <laughs> so the shadow, yes. Please sit down, class of kindergartners. That's called a shadow. <laughs> so it's this thing that follows you everywhere. And despite your best effort, you can never get rid of unless you're a ghost. Because I don't think they have shadows. I think vamp. Well, do vampires have shadows? 
they're not in the day so yeah. they wouldn't see it but if there was like light reflect like light flickering like yeah. one of those candles would they get a shadow like a little chandelier yeah a sconce of some kind i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say vampires have shadows yeah i bet they do just not reflections yeah because that's a lot of things to not have. So the idea of the shadow that exists in the world every time you walk around in daylight is kind of the same concept as shadow work. Like this shadow is a psychological term for everything we can't see in ourselves. Shadow work is working with this part of yourself that you don't really see or acknowledge and to use it to better connect with yourself for greater authenticity, creativity, energy, and personal awakening. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. I want to do some personal sleeping. You should do that instead of this because this <laughs> is going to keep you up, baby. So what is the shadow? Ooh, I know. Wind chimes. Ooh. As a broad stroke, the shadow is like the nasty parts of your personality that you don't really allow to shine or see the light of day. It's full of our negative, primitive emotions such as rage, envy, greed, selfishness, desire, and striving for power. But this also doesn't have to be so black and white. Like, think about how you try to have other people perceive you. You're nice. You're a great friend. Wow, you have such a way with words. What excellent writing. So that's the exterior you present. But the interior is kind of that conglomeration of the hurricane of emotions and nastiness that your, like, flesh body just carries around all the time. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm funny. I'm not filled with, with fear and rage. <laughs> I'm charming. I'm quirky. I can play this little dance. Her anxiety took complete control. It's actually seizing. <laughs> She thinks she's dancing. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So apparently it's not just bad parts that you could be suppressing as well. There are some inherent good qualities that you might be stuffing down and telling to shut up. Why do I have a shadow? And you have a shadow because you're not fucking special. When I read your research beforehand, I was like, this is when Alicia starts to get angry. <laughs> I was like, oh, something's going on. We're going downhill real fast. So you're not special, yes or no. Think about how every child has their emotions like at their fingertips. You're living the good life, dancing in front of baby shark, and then you realize you're hungry and you sit down and you start sobbing. And that's like pretty normal for children. They just do that. They just cycle through this roller coaster of emotions at any second. Like they do not give a fuck how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. They're authentic selves. That's who they're being. But at some point as you are growing and developing, you're told not to have these emotions or to keep those inside of you. We all know that adult man who could really just use a good cry, but he was told that boys don't cry or crying makes you look weak and he has suppressed all the tear duct factories down so that they aren't even accessible. Shadow. Boom. Can I tell a story really quick? Yes. This is, may not be my story to tell, but um, we're going for it. So I was like, is this my story? It's <laughs> not your story. So my boyfriend, Michael... He's from a very large, like, Russian family, Im immigrant Russian family. He has, like, eight siblings. And so his mother, even though both of his parents would work, but when his mom would, like, need to go grocery shopping or need to do stuff like that, they had, like, a nanny situation. Mm -hmm. And she was also a, a Russian immigrant, fresh, freshly immigrated. Ah, freshly Russian. Freshly Russian, mm -hmm. off-the-boat, older woman. And so whenever they were watching Land Before Time, Excellent movie. First scene in the first land before time is Littlefoot's mother dies. Yeah, that was very intense. And Littlefoot is crying. And the Russian nanny says, ugh, why he do this? <laughs> his boy, his man. Boy do not cry. Disgusting. 
and it fucked those kids up forever. And your boyfriend has never been the same. He has never. He was like, not even a baby dinosaur alone in the world in the middle of a lightning storm <laughs> whose mother has died in front of him is allowed to cry. Russians are a whole different breed of human, though, to be fair. It's like, true, yeah. Very, very high functioning. Yeah. Full of trauma. Mm-hmm. Does not matter. I don't want to see you cry about it. Let's just get drunk. <laughs> Let's just get drunk. Cheers. I have, I have been running from Nazis all day. I had to hide in funeral pyre around other dead bodies so the soldiers would not take me. <laughs> Cheers to that, Grandmama. Here we go. So as we've gotten older, we've adjusted our behavior so that we don't get in trouble. People don't judge us. We don't look weak, etc. And thus, the shadow is born, baby. Baby shadow. Baby shadow, which becomes larger shadow. Oh, no. Okay, but I like who I am and don't need to engage with my shadow. Nothing could go wrong, right? Wrong. I read that it could all turn into a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation if you don't confront the shadow parts of yourself. Like, Dr. Jekyll was a respectable gentleman, but he could not control his dark self, Mr. Hyde. So Mr. Hyde just went on a killing spree. This could happen to you, apparently. Oh, no! Allegedly, this is what I'm being told through my research. (laughs) Also, if you repress your shadow, you may end up projecting your shadow qualities onto others. This is the idea where I fall off all the research because this turned me off so much. But we're going to continue on with this train of thought just so you guys can make your own decision. (laughs) You can fall into two camps. Two camps. Yes, projection, no projection. I am no projection, but this is why. So this is the whole idea that the thoughts and feelings that we have buried deep inside of us, we can unwillingly project those onto others. The example I was given, when you're at work, think back to the before COVID times when you actually had to interact with people and you think one of your coworkers is being selfish or not taking on the work that they should be taking. So the idea is that if you're irritated by your coworker's behavior, it's because you have not owned up to your own selfishness, that own selfish part of your shadow, which I do not agree with because maybe this other person just couldn't do it. Maybe they just suck as a person. Also, I think you can have all these weird feelings inside of you and like be mad or angry at petty little things and for it to like be okay just like don't kill your coworker. just please <laughs> like, baby wishes as long as you're not gonna like punch them for not getting something done by the deadline who cares yeah so that's where i fall into the no projection camp yeah but i also think i am either so connected with my shadow you are the shadow <laughs> that i am the shadow or i am so completely disconnected that i can't even really grasp this idea mm-hmm. you but are peter pan exactly so uh, one or the other i'm not sure which one i am but for some reason it's not jiving with me yet but tara is here to further pull <laughs> us into this shadow work and to tell us why it's going to be great well i did want to sort of pull out like a thread which is you are your this person is doing a thing that annoys you mm-hmm. and it gives you the bad feeling and somehow it's all your fucking fault that you're feeling the bad feeling. How dare you feel this feeling? Like it's you have some sort of unresolved trauma. You have some kind of fucking moral deficiency. Like it's very like we were talking about this before. It's very like like neoliberal like capitalism where it's like 
the reason that you're ugly is because you haven't bought these, you know, products. The reason you have acne is because you're not using clear cell. Like the reason that like you're fat is because like you're not working out and you don't give a shit enough. The reason that you're miserable is because like you won't go out and exercise and like you won't like go to therapy. No, people like suffering and like emotions and like tough feelings and tough situations are like a part of life. And so like I think that a lot of the stuff that I was seeing on Instagram was very much like this whole you feel bad feelings you're a bad person and that doesn't seem to be helpful no or healthy that's super not helpful to anyone who's already feeling bad yeah <laughs> it's like, like people, oh great I'm a dick too cool, cool it's like people that fucking this fucking bothers the shit out of me because it's really fucking pervasive people that say I'm very sorry trigger warning for suicide we can mm-hmm. skip ahead like 30 seconds people that say that suicide is like the most selfish thing that you can do it really bothers me because you don't know the people around you that have suicidal ideation and you do not know the people where suicide has touched their lives and that like people don't do stuff like that because they're trying to hurt other people they're doing it because they think that they're helping other people or they're miserable yeah that like life is like just too much for them to handle and so like to just profess that suicide is like this awful thing even though it is so painful and like such a fucking tragedy you're just blaming someone for losing a battle to depression and like to struggle when you don't know who around you is vulnerable and that's fucked up and yeah that is why i'm going more Jungian psychology okay we're gonna tilt we're tilting we're tilting more Jungian psychology than shadow work via influencers great so love that i have written here tara's thoughts on projection please like i said if you're not interested in this stuff that's totally fine um and we're gonna get to the woo part of the shadow in a minute which is really exciting so just bear with me i have this little chart very uh complex so it's ego on the left side the self in the center and the shadow on the right so the self that's you that's like sort of like your base coreness your ego is this image that you're projecting onto the world. It's your fucking rising sign, okay? Yeah, that's kind of what this whole thing feels like. Yes. The shadow. The moon. It could be. Yeah, it's like the moon. Um, we're going to fucking get into what it fucking is okay. in astrology. But the self is basically like the ego is the sun, the self is earth, and then behind it is this shadow created by like your own body, by your own psyche. If you live unaware of your shadow, basically you're at its mercy. Fucking Puxatani Phil over here. These He's people. <laughs> He's like, whoa, what the hell? (laughs) And you don't always have conscious control of the lens through which you're looking through the world. And that basically means that, like, you're living with judgment. Yeah. You're in your circumstances. Yeah. When your shadow is cast, created by the light of your ego, being blocked by your true self, that's the self, it lands on the other. Quote, unquote, big O, the other. So that's people that aren't you, individuals, groups of people, situations, ideologies, You know, people that you would think of as like your adversary, people maybe you would think as your loved ones, but they're still not you, therefore they are the other. You're casting this, this shadow onto someone, and you say, I hate this about myself, therefore I double hate it when I see it in others. Mm -hmm. And then we start assigning all of these other qualifiers and characteristics to people that have that one quality that we hate. And that keeps us from connecting with that person and reinforces the hate that we hold for ourselves inside our heart. Here's an example. Mm -hmm. Hello, I'm Tara. Anger is a part of my shadow. It's a huge part of my shadow. Um, I wasn't allowed to express anger as a child. It's a bad emotion. My father was a yeller when I was a kid. And so I 
found it very scary. Like we called it the short fuse. He's wonderful now. Yeah. Um, and also I was born inside a female body and women are not allowed to express anger. It's not cute. It's not cute. It's not ladylike. <laughs> You're going to get your dress dirty mm-hmm. at church camp. My family was great. Like I, they're not actively trying to. To so, ruin your life. To project this stuff onto <laughs> me. That's just like how I was raised. So anger is a part of my shadow. And when I see it in other people, whether that's frustration, irritability, anger, even when it's warranted, it fucking bothers me so much that I will feel it for days afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm a Scorpio, so I hold a grudge. When I see anger expressed, it bothers me, and I don't like that feeling of being bothered. It's a bad feeling inside of me. It reminds me of something that I hate about myself. And to feel better, I start assigning other things to this person, the things I assigned. This person who is angry at me, they're entitled. If they are my loved one, they don't fucking love me. They wouldn't, they wouldn't yell at me if they loved me. They're a bad person, and they don't appreciate me, and they've probably been angry at me for a long time. Okay, and wait, wait, wait. What? Specifically angry at you or just saying anger in general? Uh, anger in general, but if they're angry at me. Well, I mean, if they're angry at you, I feel like you're allowed to be angry at them. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to get to oh, it. Oh, okay. I'm back on board. And they've probably been angry at me for a long time and harboring bad feelings about me without knowing it. They think that I'm being stupid or this other person is being stupid when really they're stupid. That's right. You're stupid. You're stupid. Not me. You're ugly. So now I've decided that this person is like the fucking worst, right? Mm -hmm. And I've raised myself up as a superior being because my ego says to me, we don't express anger. I'm better than you. And because I've done this, I'm better than you. You're all of these other things that are also things that I hate about myself. I further othered them, and I really can't have an empathetic experience with them, and I can't connect with them because they are the personification of everything that I hate. Even though they've really only shown this little thing, I've been like, well, because you're this, you're this, 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 this. And really, now you're like some kind of horrifying centipede creature. And I've even further pushed down this part of myself that has anger. My hate for it is even stronger. So the next time I start to feel anger, this thing that I hate, I will start to say to myself, I am so entitled. I am not worthy of love. I am a bad person. I am worthless. All these things. I'm like, well, if it's true for this person, it's true for me. I'm stuck in this fucking vicious cycle because I have in some way not accepted anger in my life, inside myself. So now in this example... If I had a good relationship with anger, I'd see someone else express anger and either one, like feel my bad feeling about it, like take ownership of those feelings, like take care of myself, like to alleviate it in some way, or two, see their anger and deal with it in the moment and not let this moment define that person Mm. or our relationship. This is not an indicator of some kind of like moral deficiency, like this person is allowed to be angry. My boyfriend yelled at me. He literally yelled, it's fine, after he dropped a pizza on the ground and I asked if it was okay. And I fucking, like, shut down for, like, two hours. You should have been like, well, what did the pizza say, Mike? (laughs) You are talking for the pizza. I want to know what it thinks. Is it okay? The voice for the voiceless. (laughs) Elevate. Amplify. Uh, All of this practice is in in sort of, like, the – the hope of like honoring this part of you that's real but again i also want to say that like fucking like love and light like good vibes only like that's about destroying the shadow i feel like when it's like shadow works whole point it's not to destroy the shadow 
it's to like the places that are like your blind spots, like honoring them and being aware of them in a constructive way. Not in a way that makes you feel bad. Not in a way that like you're trying to hide or destroy like how you really feel. Mm -hmm. That has been my understanding of the shadow. I see. But you ain't got to do any of this shit, guys. (laughs) (laughs) This is one episode. All of the psychology nerds and psychology witches have um, emailed me directly. Great. And told me how everything I said is wrong. Perfect. And I've deleted all of them. So now we're going to go into the woo-woo. Excellent. Of the shadow work. Excellent. Let's do it. Number one, the archetype theory of the rejected self. So the rejected self is more than just the parts of you that you don't like. This is a version of you, a tiny Alicia, tiny Tara, that literally lives inside of you. And again, they embody all of the things that you don't deem acceptable. They're inferior, and for their inferiority, you have disowned them. Things that make up your rejected self, there's the dark shadow, which are like the things that society has taught us like are not good. Mm-hmm. And then, kind of you touched on before, the golden shadow. These are things that you admire about others, but you reject in yourself. Here's an example. Vulnerability. Mm-hmm. When other people are vulnerable, they are brave. But when I'm vulnerable, it's a fucking sign of weakness. I'm a loser. How dare I ask for help or trust other people? Who, who would let me do this? Okay, okay. I'm following. I'm following. So the rejected self, she doesn't just like sit in your chest and wait for you to love her. She's fucking up to shit inside your body. Oh, and inside your, Yeah, she's like going around. Schemes. Like a little groundhog. Ooh. Like a little mole. I have written here like a little horcrux. A little horcrux? Spread <laughs> around your body. <laughs> but here's the deal. So this rejected self holds a lot of keys to like your chakras, your ability to connect to psychic abilities, clues to your past life, your ability to connect to guides, everything. She's a lot bigger than you think. So... She could show up in your dreams. She could show up in your meditations. And she's not really a guide, but rather a part of yourself that you can try to talk to. Like, literally have a conversation with. Is she like a bitch, though? Is she going to listen? Who fucking knows? Because <laughs> it really depends on, like, what your shadow is. Like, if you're sh- if part of your shadow, like, incorporates, like, that kind of stuff, she really could be. And it's possible that you have multiple yous inside that shadow. Like, a version of you. I was listening to this um, podcast I'm not going to talk about because I don't really like it. But, like... They had talked about having this meditation experience where, like, they were doing shadow work and they were supposed to visualize a door. And inside, they expected to see, like, the shadow, like, this entity. And really, it was, like, three different versions of herself that she had, like, abandoned. One when she was, like, seven. One when she was, like, 17. And one when she was, like, in her mid-20s. She was, like, why, why are you here? And, she, and they were all, like, you put us here because this, this, and this. That's beautiful and poetic. But? She has a lot of free time. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> what? Well, why is she thinking all this so hard? That's true. That's like, true. you are just making more obstacles for yourself, I we're guess. We're quarantined. That's true. I mean, it's better than killing your coworkers. so. Uh, number two, astrology. This one seems like the easiest sort of form to enter this wheelhouse. This is one of our Patreon questions. Are there any examples of shadow work that predate Jungian psychology? We're going to talk about Pluto. Hello. Hello. Pluto is fear, dread, death, shame, darkness. Whatever sign or house Pluto lands in your chart, these are the things that you will wrestle with and you will have been sent here or really as a generation been sent here to deeply examine. Number two, where is Scorpio in your chart? Scorpio is ruled by Pluto and Mars. And if you have a Scorpio in your chart anywhere, you're going to feel its intensity. It's a very intense, deep, 
sexy, <laughs> rich uh, sign. So Scorpio is all about like those deep subconscious, underworld, taboo feelings. It's also secrets. Love secrets. So Mars and Scorpio, you know, might want to explore their shadow's relationship to possessiveness and control. A Jupiter and Scorpio might want to explore their shadow's relationship to defensiveness and power. Moving on to the eighth house. Hello, eighth house. So if you're sensing a pattern, all these guys are ruled by each other. They duck. So the eighth house is death. It's sexuality. It's shame. Weirdly, it's inheritances. Oh, give me that money, baby. But it's also your shadow self. So anything, if you have anything in your eighth house, thinking about that is another sort of clue to the stuff that you're going to be working through. And then our new favorite mama, the black moon. Lilith. Yes, yes, queen. This one seems to be the most pointed, and we talked about it a little bit in the Saturn episode. And I don't think I really explained how you figure it out very well. So basically, the moon's orbit is elliptical. It's not a perfect circle. It's not huge, but it does like come closer and, and move further away. So that means that there's actually two center points. There's the Earth, and then there's this void of space. And that is the black moon Lilith. Ooh. So it's, it's just dead space okay it represents your primordial impulses the parts not accepted by society and your darkest fantasies my lilith is in capricorn which is ruled by saturn so that means big shame big fear of failure lots of negativity i think they literally said when difficult times arise any kind of optimism that might have existed can go right out the window goodbye i mean we gotta focus on one challenge at a time what do you want from me (laughs) I'm in my Saturn return. I'm doing my best. Next is tarot. So now you can like definitely ask your deck what you need to be considering when you're working on shadow work, like what parts of your shadow need addressing. But these are cards that when they come up in spreads often mean some kind of shadow work. So the devil. Love him. He's here. He's he's also dancing. He has like a good sexy dance though. He's over there like foxtrotting or some shit. <laughs> a little shimmy. When the devil comes up, that's like attachments, addictions, restrictions, shame, This is an opportunity to look at the darker parts of yourself that you may not want to acknowledge. And then also the death card. So death is all about transformation. It's endings, but it's also beginnings. And while the point of shadow work is not to kill your shadow, you're meant to see it, acknowledge it, learn from it, and through that introspection, transform yourself and others. Touch them. Touch them right on their little foreheads. Bam, bam, bam. You're an avatar. You're an avatar. You're an avatar. That'd be awesome. I want that power. I want that too. Another example of where shadow work would inhabit uh, spaces before Jungian psychology are the dark goddesses, also called the repressed feminine. Ooh, here we go. This is Lilith, Kali Ma, Hecate, and the crone. So these are goddesses or female archetypes which are associated with wickedness and unchecked female power. Ooh. Lilith, born of the same earth as Adam, refusing to lay beneath him, mother of demons, wife of Lucifer. Kali Ma, the Hindu goddess of creation and destruction, which I would love to have somebody come on and fucking talk about because she seems so fascinating. I'm just going to read like a little quote. So her dark, disheveled hair flows freely. Her eyes are red with intoxication and rage. Her red tongue sticks out under sharp white fangs that shine against blue black skin. Her many hands carry a sword, a trident, a severed head, dripping fresh blood. She's often accompanied by serpents and a jackal. She dances in graveyards. She sounds awesome. She sounds fucking metal. Very scary. But it was also described that this goddess of like fucking destruction, she's also like the most compassionate. 
Yeah, you gotta be. Dancing on graves? Come on. Hell yeah. And then Hecate, our goddess of gateways, moonlight, underworlds, and necromancy. And then the crone, which I have written here, free of menstruation and wise to the antics of men. Bless. So honoring these goddesses on altars, invoking their names in ritual, reading about their lessons are all ways to honor your shadow. We talked about alchemy last time. The four processes of creating the Philosopher's Stone, Negretto, the blackening, Albedo, the whitening, Citronitas, the yellowing, and Rubetto, the reddening. Talked about how Jungian psychology had taken this on as a way of describing the process of becoming whole, becoming a whole person. The idea is you take that part of yourself that you feel like is useless or negative or actively negative, and then you turn it into something useful. So anger into action, sloth to introspection or thoughtful rest, victimhood to personhood, repression to acceptance. One of our questions was, what is your take about using your shadow work to accomplish genuine and caring things? Which we took as, what are the benefits? Why Mm -hmm. are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Number one, you're going to feel closer to the people around you. Ooh. You're going to get in real close. Ooh, we're going to be intimate. Yeah. You're going to smell. Oh, smell that sexy. breath. Ooh. Ooh, you didn't wear deodorant. Oh, no. Lovely. Don't tell them, Alicia. <laughs> Don't tell them. <laughs> the natural body aroma. You're going to have better relationships with complex individuals, better understandings of how, you know, you came to be a person and how everyone else is sort of like all of these amalgamations of all of the events in their life and getting to the bottom of like this nurture facet of nature versus nurture number two you're gonna unlock these fucking chakra blocks and you're gonna cut these psychic cords because like if you can't even see all of the ways that your shadow are wrapped up in these things how are you supposed to be able to untangle the phone cord not the phone cord the headphone cords or the phone cord or the phone back in the day here we go yeah number three you're no longer gonna be at the whims of your knee-jerk reaction so your reactions will be less involved in the muck and mire of, of shame and like societal pattern and actually be like more true to what you truly believe, like your core values. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a pitfall where you could be gaslighting yourself a little bit. Yeah. Where you're like, is this what I truly think? Like, should I trust my reactions? Should I trust myself? And I would just say, just be nice to yourself because you are a good person uh, at your core. And I believe that about you. I have right in here. It sounds cool. Does that make you cool? Yeah, probably. I think so. Probably. You're not going to pass on your traumas or unfinished business to your next generation. Or become a ghost at that point. Here we go. (laughs) You're going straight to the top. We are out of here. So we're going to fucking break those generational curses, like those vicious cycles. Get them out of here. And then finally, you'll better understand yourself. And I would say that you are a very interesting and complex person who deserves to be known. And sometimes we think that we know ourselves simply because we are ourselves. But there are parts of you that are hidden and you gotta go find them. Okay, go through the little garden, mm-hmm. find them, bring them back to safety. Our last Patreon question is how do I make this seem less terrifying? I don't think you do. I think that don't try to do everything at once. You're not gonna fix all your shit, you're not gonna pack everything in a day. I don't know. Have you heard of this thing called acid? Yo, yes, and I've done it, and it was a bad time. And I did not unlock anything. In fact, I probably put up many, many, many doors. <laughs> there's like six of you in there. <laughs> it's like, there's me from five minutes ago, five hours ago, six weeks ago. The only other thing I have on here is, uh, yeah, go slow, take care of yourself. <laughs> and also, like, you don't have to do it alone. You can talk to your therapist or some kind of guide about it find other people that are doing shadow work apparently you can get down into like a really deep dark place where you're just feeling bad about yourself that's not the point no 
dealing with your traumas is tough, but we don't have to do it all today. You don't got to do it alone. Yeah. And you don't have to do it with acid. Any other closing? I feel like I, I professed for a long time and now. No, I loved it. I think it definitely helped me understand what it is. I don't know. I'm still on the fence about it, though. What do you think about this as it seems like it's this new thing that's been popping up a lot? Do you think this is a fad? Do you think this is going to stay? What is your professional research opinion on this? What do I think? Uh, I don't want to sign any qualifiers as like as far as like its value to some people because it's like based in psychology and like the internet is really into like infographics right now that are all about like psychology and like mental health stuff. I could see like having like this huge impact now and then it kind of like drifting off whenever we move on to the next thing because it's so huge now because anyone can basically go onto like fucking Canva and like make a post yeah and make it all pretty make it look professional that's why I think there's like a lot of like miscommunication about what it is when really I think it's just like introspection it does sound like really dark like you have to gut a chicken or something to do it yeah and it's fucking not like it's just like thinking about things that you don't want to think about to be a better person yeah and it does like you know whenever you like resolve trauma it's it does lighten shit up don't have to do anything drastic or santeria-esque yeah no death involved except your ego except your ego get rid of that which is in the news yay it's my favorite segment here we go Young Poet Speaks of Persecuted Witches. Bum bum. <laughs> da, 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 da. What is the, what's the fucking um, Law and Order fucking song? Oh, isn't it just bum bum? Dun 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 dun. Bum bum. Dun 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 dun. Prosecute, 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 prosecute. How has that show been on for so long? It's very, yeah, it's very pro cop. Okay? It will be sent up to space with it, like. <laughs> <laughs> in like 50 years we'll be like this needs to be remembered anyway Lou Penny a 21 year old student slash poet in Fife released a poem that has become a moving tribute on behalf of witches that were persecuted in Scotland there's currently a movement going on right now called the witches of Scotland campaign this campaign is demanding justice from Scottish Parliament to pardon thousands of witches who were persecuted under the witchcraft act between 1563 and to 1736 get it done i know that's like nearly 200 years of yeah. witch persecution that's really crazy during that time period nearly 4,000 people were accused of being a witch with 85 percent of those people being women Damn. classic of course they hate us the patriarchy hates us the movement wants scottish parliament to submit a pardon for those accused an official apology and a new national memorial in recognition of the treatment of scotland's witches lou penny's palm is spoken in old scottish english and has been applauded for perfectly capturing why it is necessary to remember the women and men killed as witches and to galvanize support for the petition and you can follow the campaign by going to at witches of scotland on twitter nice been seeing it in like my periphery so it's nice that we have a tangible thing to talk about with it that's nice that's awesome next up archaeologists unearth remains of witches remains remains archaeologists you know with oh. like the dinosaurs oh yeah with their little brushes the little brushes the little beep 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 and their tiny hands i only think of like the mummy though the movie <laughs> which is like classic you haven't seen it right no yeah <gasps> oh my 
just a God. scary trailer. Like everyone is so hot though. Are you sure? Oh, Brendan Fraser in The Mummy to die for. Who wh- whoever played his wife, sexiest woman I've ever seen in my life. Gorgeous. The her name's like Evie. I know her Evie. character name. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> who is Evie. Don't everyone's screaming. It's this person. Yeah, everyone's screaming. Hold on. Evelyn O'Connell, who is played by Rachel Vice. Oh, That's yeah. how you spell Vice. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Rachel Vice. Oh my god, Rach. Because she's in The Fountain, which I love so much. Hottest woman possibly ever. No, there's a lot of like really, really hot women, but she's up there. Those brows, baby. And she's, like, badass. I'm going to be for Halloween. Oh, you should. That would be so sexy. All right. In Bachnia, southern Poland, archaeologists came across the remains of two skeletons who they believe to be the skeletons of two women who were accused of witchcraft back in 1679. The story of their death is basically town lore, and it goes as follows. There were three women. Two of them were witches and taught the third woman how to get her lover to marry her. They told this woman that she needed to buy a newborn baby to fake a pregnancy, which would then force the man that she loved to marry her, being like, it's your baby, sort of thing. Uh, I don't know where you go to buy a baby, but maybe you could back then. That's some fucking Bridgerton shit. Mm -hmm. The witches told the other woman to kill the baby so that they could drink from the baby's veins. Ew. The story did not say why they wanted to drink the baby's blood because I found that to be a very important aspect that they left out. Like, why are we doing it? Is it, like, for our skin? Like, is it some kind of new celebrity fad? Like, what what are we... Say gorp. Gorp before gorp. I mean, I know some babies. Like, (laughs) is this a train I should be on? Run, Alyssa, run! Exactly. But regardless, it does sound very witchy and scary. The women allegedly admitted to their crimes and were burned at the stake. It didn't go into they admitted to their crimes because they were super tortured and you just say things because you're in blinding pain and don't know what's happening. Or if they were just like, yes, sir, I did eat that baby. I did. I did. I drank its blood. (laughs) It was delicious. Look at how beautiful I am. (laughs) My influencer account through the fucking roof. I'm a blue check. Do you see my followers? (laughs) Oh. Archaeologists believe that the skeletons they found were two of these condemned women due to the skeletons exhibiting charred bones from the high temperatures of the flames. The other woman's skeleton is yet to be found, but archaeologists are very hopeful that they will find the third witch's body. Oh. Thank you, Poland. Oh. I wasn't like the mummy at all. No. So how would I know? You really wouldn't. You don't even know. Dude, that's the craziest part. You call yourself a witch and you've never seen the mummy? You, okay. It's let's... full of witchcraft. It has like the book of death or some shit. Oh, you got to watch it, dude. I don't know why. Like, Mike would love it. I'm sure he does. I'm sure Mike does love it. I'm busy. Uh, I won't, I'll, I'll watch it with you. Clear your calendar. Okay. Let's figure it out. Find me a TV. All right. And our last story is... Kirk White, our Vermont witch daddy. Ooh. Ooh. Something that I didn't know that occurred during our United States November 2020 election was that there's now a witch in the House of Representatives. What? Yeah. While the rest of the United States was voting for the soul of the nation, which pretty important, not going to lie, Vermont people voted Kirk White into the Vermont House of Representatives for the Windsor-Rutland District. Kirk is a pagan author and was listed as one of the 25 most influential pagans in the Wild Hunt blog. 
He has contributed to many books and was even interviewed for the book Drawing Down the Moon by Margot Adler, which I own, which is crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's in a book I've already owned. What? I haven't read it. It's a big book. But I own it, and that counts for something. It's in the library. It is, yeah. That it definitely like actualizes its uh, validity. Yes, yes, yes. Kirk is the founder and executive director of the Church of the Sacred Earth, a union of pagan congregations. He is also a minister for the Wiccan Church of Vermont, which is the first legally recognized Wiccan church in Vermont. Damn. And I feel like this man needs like one of those Harry Potter chocolate frog cards because he's like so active in shaping modern paganism, which is really cool. And of course, I've never fucking heard of him before. Never in my life. Yeah. Kirk has published four witchy books, Adept Circle Magic, Advanced Circle Magic, Operative Freemasonry, and Masterful Magic. There's a little tangent there in the middle. One of these things is not like the other. Kirk also has a master's degree in mental health and addictions counseling, is trained in acupuncture and Chinese herbalism, and holds an honorary doctorate of divinity. And now he's in the House of Representatives. The Wild Hunt blog asked Kirk about his appointment to the Vermont State House, and Kirk said, I have always said that being a deeply involved, effective member of your community is the best type of interfaith work there is. I have never been in the broom closet and a quick Google search, which many neighbors did, will tell you lots of things about me. And that was not a barrier to my election. Years of hard volunteer work pays off. I am humbled, honored, and overjoyed that my neighbors supported me. Oh, look at him. Isn't he so cute? He looks so nice. He does look very nice. Yeah. Thank you, Kirk. And we hope you do lots of great work. All right, now we're moving into our final, we have our hands up, our final segment. It is the spell. You are breathing deeply as I am telling you to breathe deeply. Don't think too much about your tongue and how it's sitting in your mouth. Nose. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I don't know. Come back to me. Come back. Eyes on me. One, two, three. Eyes on me. Um, my eyes are on my tongue. I don't know <laughs> what you say. Okay, so this is a spell for rejection. It is not a spell to take rejection. This is a spell to empower you to reject others. Ooh. Emotionally, physically, spiritually. Here's the shadow work, baby. This is what you're going to need. Also, say this up front. Got this from Basic Witches, which is our girls, Jaya and Jess. Love it. What you need, a squeezable bottle of honey. You cannot get a jar. We talked about this before the episode. It's got to be small enough that your little tiny witch hand The one with the bear on it. Yeah, get that the bear one. It's cute. Number two, pleasant smelling liquid soap. Love that they specified pleasant smelling. Yeah, you don't want to smell bad. What are we going to do? We're going to cleanse in ground. You're going to grasp, I'm I'm reading this verbatim. You're going to grasp the honey in your dominant hand. And this is adorable. You're going to draw a heart in the palm of your non-dominant hand. So we're getting sticky, guys. Okay. Do not do this in front of other people. You're going to look crazy. You're going to fucking look like an idiot, dude. You're going to visualize the face of the person that you need space from. I don't know if they're in the hand, if you're supposed to be visualizing them in the hand, or if you're just visualizing with your mind's eye. And you're going to say aloud, I respect your feelings, but I am not responsible for your feelings. Damn. That's it. Oh. So now carefully, without crushing the heart, you're, the idea is not you're just you're not trying to fucking destroy this heart. You're going to carefully cover your non-dominant hand with soap and turn on the faucet. And what you're doing is you're washing away this honey down the drain. So you're going to rub 
carefully rub in circles. I I bet counterclockwise because you're trying to banish. Okay. Completely wash away this honey, this sticky ass goo that you got on your hand. You I, you can't live your life like this. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, got, you, you got have to, to move on. It is eight thirty, and you have to be at work at nine. Yeah, come on. And again, that's from Basic Witches, which is by J.S. Xena and Jess Zimmerman. Yay! Thank you, Basic Witches. Which is just a wonderful book. It's one of my favorites. We've talked about it before. Just a charming, like, lovely self-care witchcraft book. Easy for beginners. I love that. And I love how easy the spell was. Like, fuck, I'm done in like five minutes. Yeah. Love that. We would like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, and Kevin McLeod, who does our music for the intro and outro that we use each week. Ever, without fail. It's really like, I don't know, I feel like it's such an identifier for mm-hmm. our podcast. Mm-hmm. If they want to find you, Alicia, where are they going to find you? You can find me on Instagram at Alicia Period Herder. Because that's my name and I keep it real simple for you. Where would I find you, Tara? I'm on Instagram as her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. And then my Finsta is underscore little moss. And I usually just check to see if you are following with Jess or Alicia. And if you're not, you sit in the friend request for a couple months until I feel better about it. The purgatory. We're also on Instagram at which yes. Share an episode in your stories. Tag us and we'll feature you in our stories. If you don't like Instagram, you can always contact us via email at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. We also have what? A Facebook coven. That is Witch Yes, the Facebook coven. Easy. That's our name. Answer our questions. Come on in. We talk mad shit. Oh, my God. I love this group. This is one of my favorite things ever. It's like one of the few reasons I check Facebook these days is to see what's happening in the group. It's so fun. Like, I love it. You can find us on Patreon. Like we mentioned, $5 patron witches are getting two extra episodes a month. $10 and above get access to our close friends list on the Witch Yes Instagram. So if that's something you want to know, we're putting up stuff that's only for you guys. Don't share it. I mean, I guess you can share it at that point. No, don't. Leak it. Stop leaking. Why? I say private things on there. But that's how like success really takes off. If people are willing to share your secrets, that means you're an interesting person. It's a good thing. Okay, we do need a witch yes fan account on we, Instagram. I want us to some point need to hire security because we're afraid <laughs> for our lives. Cameras everywhere. Yeah. That's the dream. That's the goal. Plus, everyone on Patreon gets early access to some cool stuff and... We're asking about these questions before every episode. Like, what do you think about this topic? What do you want us to research? It's a cool, fun place to be. And we got something coming up in spring that I think you guys are really going to like. So, bada bing, bada boom, baby. And I guess this has been Witch Yes. Bye.